Blog Talk Radio. Washington, D.C., and this is the Big Talker Podcast, and uh, we're talking about, well, the new state of things today, but we've got a stress reliever of a guest studio with us today, joining us from her mountaintop uh, home somewhere in the wilds of West Virginia is the wife of late Gilligan's Island star Bob Denver, real TV icon. My buddy Dream of Denver is here to talk about uh, all things Gilligan, all things Dobie Gillis, and her brand new children's book, which is coming out at a very interesting time in the world today. Hey, Dreama. Hey, Berg, my favorite person on the planet. How are you? <laughs> thanks for thanks for doing the Big Talker podcast, which I should tell everyone is brought to you by our friends at Speaker Match, which is the United States' largest speakers bureau. And speakers everywhere are moving things online because you can't do these live events right now today uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic and, and people are figuring out different ways to do things. That's also why we've started the podcast and you have an online uh, book signing coming up very soon, but I want to start off before we get into to that, talking about uh, your background a little bit and, and you and I have been buddies for a long time, but for our listeners that don't know, you had a pretty interesting life before you ever met Bob Denver. You were one of the original cast members at Disney World. I was. People love that. They, it always surprises me how people react to that fact, but I was one of the first 40 employees at Walt Disney World. I was there before working with them uh, and for them before the park ever opened. Um, they ran a Hilton Hotel down there, and they trained uh, the first 40 employees um, at the hotel, getting them ready for whatever it was they would be doing at Walt Disney World. And it was you know, it was really exciting, and looking back on it, it was exciting at the time, but looking back, um, wow, how special was that? First of all, to be one of 40 uh, was pretty special. Everybody wanted to work for the mouse, and I was getting to, and to be able to, I don't know, I knew Roy Disney. Now, Walt had passed away to the opening of the park, but Roy Disney was still alive at that time, and I know him and all the big wigs out of California, first name basis. I mean, it was really special, really special time. Did, uh, in meeting Roy Disney, did he ever say, hey, Dream, I, you know, here's, here's what you need to do to be a, a cast member? Any words of wisdom from Roy Disney for you? He gave me some acting advice, yes. 
Because you were an actress as well. I should mention that. Yeah, that's why you were into this. You were an actress. You went on to be in some big plays, and that's how you met Bob. But, okay, so Roy Disney sits down with a young dream of Denver, and what sort of acting (laughs) advice did he give you? Well, he said to me he knew I wanted to be an actress, and I was doing uh, in that area at that time, down in Orlando, I was doing uh, the show Guys and Dolls. And um, he actually had, before he passed away, he had reservations to come see me and something I was doing. I'm not sure if it was guys and dolls or not, but at any rate, um, so he came to me one day and he said, so Dreama, you want to be an actress and try imagine saying, Roy, yes, I do. I mean, calling him by his first name was so weird to me as a uh, young person because uh, he, was, he was, you know, Roy Disney for heaven's sake. But I said, yes, I do. And he said, okay, I have a piece of advice for you. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to put me in a, Disney movie or something, you know, it's, I was young and idealistic. And anyway, he um, said to me, no matter how much they offer you money-wise, no matter what they say the benefits will be, don't ever close off. <laughs> I said, oh, and okay, I mean, at 19, 20 years old, that was the last thing I would ever have thought about doing, but I thought that was uh, a really interesting piece of acting advice. And you've, you've held to that all this time, I hope. I have never taken my clothes off. No, we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Prima Denver is our no, no, guest no. today on the Big Talker podcast. And, and we're, we're having some fun in the midst of a very serious time in our country. Dream has a brand new children's book coming out called Four Bears in a Box. And, uh, and she's going to do a very unique online signing for it. But we're, we're winding it back. We're taking it back to the beginning. So you're an actress. You're doing all these theater projects. And one day you get cast opposite Bob Denver, who you, I'm assuming, knew, everybody knew, as, uh, as Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. Take me back to that day. Absolutely. Well, th- let me preface that by saying um, I had worked with a lot of celebrities. I worked with Sal Mineo and Gail Gordon from um, Mr. Mooney from the Lucy Show. Sure. And oh, Doug McClure from the Virginian and Al Lewis from the Munsters. I had worked with a whole lot of uh, famous people. So, um, so this was not was, a big deal you know, to you that you were cast opposite Bob Denver. He was uh, another celebrity. Well, it was always. I mean, it's always a big deal to get to meet and work with those people. But, uh, you know, it was sort of what I did, and I didn't think, uh, certainly didn't think of Gilligan in romantic terms at all. As a matter of fact, uh, the show that we were doing, we were required to do a lot of kissing and, and hugging and all this stuff. And I can remember thinking prior to doing it, seriously, I've got to kiss and hug Gilligan? Really? I mean, yeah, I didn't cause he, that to the you know, he's not a heartthrob kind. He was never cast in that way, so it's hard to imagine him. Uh, is is anything in that world, I guess. Oh, but he was, in real life, he was a very romantic person. Um, it, he was just, well, of course, I would think he was so special. But I went to audition for the part. I was actually down in um, Orlando again. I was between projects, and I was down visiting my family. And a friend, a girlfriend, called me and said, you know, they're casting Play It Again Sam over in St. Petersburg. You might want to go over and audition because I think you'd be perfect for the part. So I thought, okay. So that's what I did. I went over, auditioned, got the part. And like I was just saying, I asked the the producer of the show, I said, so now who's going to be starring? And she said, Bob Denver. And I went, Gilligan? 
really? And she said, yes. And I said, oh, I'm going to have to kiss and hug on Gilligan. Said, really? And she's like, well, if you want the part, yes, you're going to have to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. So um, the first day of rehearsals came, and I got there. Well, all the cast got there before he did. And we were all standing around doing the chit-chat that you do when you're meeting each other and comparing notes about who you've worked with and who you're going to be working with. And um, suddenly, oh, let me say, when I pulled up into the parking lot, there was a marquee that said Bob Denver starring in Play It Again, Sam, also starring Dreamer, Harry, <laughs> which, was my maiden, which was my maiden name. So Dreamer. I thought, well, I'm going to be a dreamer. That was, I've been called a, you know, a lot of things. They've messed that name up a lot. But uh, I think that was the first dreamer for me. So anyway, we were standing there, and I had you know, made a mental note that I needed to talk to the producer about, about changing the marquee because dreamer wasn't quite right. And suddenly we all hear this very familiar voice going, standing in the doorway going, what the heck is a dreamer? And, of course, I looked up at him. It was Bob Denver. And I sort of raised my hand and I said, that would be me. And he walked over to me and he goes, your name is Dreamer? And I said, no, 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 they have it wrong. My real name is actually Dreamer. And he goes, your name is Dreamer? And I said, yes. So he took my hand to shake it. And looked at me and he said, that's a really beautiful name, Dreamer. And I have to tell you, sparks, sparks flew. And even the cast later on, but there was something, you know, really dynamic and special about the two of us just meeting. And it was kind of apparent to everybody. And so I can say, now, I don't know about love at first sight. Some people believe in it. Some people don't. But in our case, that spark, that original spark, lasted for almost 30 years. So I think it was the real deal. Dreama Denver is our guest today, wife of TV icon Bob Denver. They were married for almost 30 years, met starring in a play together. Um, and Bob was a, a bit older than you. How much older? He was um, almost 16 years older than I was. Was that ever an issue down through the years? Did, did that ever you know, come into really, play? Not Not really. Maybe at the very... You know, it's a very, Bob died at 70 and I was 55. So um, maybe at the very end, you could physically see a bigger difference. But anybody who um, is a fan of Bob's and followed the shows that he did, he had a very young spirit and he always looked uh, young until the very end of his life when we let his hair go white and all of that. And I know it was, it was kind of stunning because we were doing the last public appearance he did was at the um, uh, TV Land Awards, and we were flying to go there. And we were in a little restaurant waiting for the flight, and somebody came up. We were sitting there, and people were talking to Bob, and I think he was doing interviews maybe with local TV. And somebody walked over, sat down next to me, and I was sitting next to Bob, and she said, oh, are you his daughter? (laughs) And that was like, we both kind of went, but that was the only time in all those years that anything like that ever happened. Wow. Dream of Denver, our guest today on the Big Talker <laughs> podcast, brought to you by our friends at Speaker Match and SpeakerMatch.com. Check them out if you're a speaker, an emerging speaker, you want to get into that world. SpeakerMatch.com is the place to go. Um, so you're together for all those years, and, and you have a son, Colin. 
who changed yes. everything. And I wonder if you could talk <laughs> about that because lots of times when, when you see someone on TV and, and, you know, Bob had not one, but two big, big, huge shows. The many loves of Dobie Gillis was big first and then Gilligan's Island. And of course he had some other appearances and, and then he, he sort of dropped off the radar and a lot of people wondered, I'm sure where's Gilligan? What's, what's Bob Denver up to, but he had a, a pretty special reason for walking away essentially from show business. He did, and it's a reason that most people don't know about. Uh, six years into our marriage, we decided to have a baby or to try to have a baby, and we were successful right away. And when our son was born, um, initially, I guess, you know, nothing was apparent that anything was wrong because babies don't do much. They're little, and they eat, and they sleep, and that's, you know, pretty much it. But um, it wasn't long, maybe surely close to his first birthday that we realized something wasn't right because he wasn't sitting up. He would start doing things, oh, like cruising the furniture and that kind of thing, and he'd do it and then stop and not ever go back and pick it up again. And so we became concerned, and and uh, in our travels, we were able to um, visit a lot of, um, you know, doctors, well-known doctors, T. Barry Brazelton being the the biggest one anybody who remembers back in the 80s he had a show called whatever baby knows on lifetime and he was he was sort of the premier pediatrician we went to see him and and anyway long story short our son at ucla ended up being diagnosed with uh, what they called then and i hate this term and any parent in my position will agree with me but he was um diagnosed as severely retarded and of course that has all changed now and it's called you know, autism, but he is severely autistic. And we, without even, you know, it's interesting to me because there was no discussion about what are we going to do. It was just a given for both of us that we were going to take care of him. So from the moment we knew there was something wrong, uh, and for the last 20, almost 21 years of Bob's life, Bob and I provided one-on-one full-time care, 24-7, 365 for all those years. And that is really why Bob sort of um, dropped off the radar because he was here with me taking care of our son. And I tell you, it was something that I look back on those years. I was thinking about this the other day, and they were hard. Anybody who's been a caregiver, is a caregiver, knows exactly what I'm talking about. It is depleting in every way anything could be depleting but when I look back on it those were um, even in in the stressful parts of it it was like such a wonderful time in our life because we were really committed to each other and committed to our son and um, we never wavered ever in that commitment it was never this is your fault I'm out of here and I've heard of that happening with families that uh, we did a program with the with the um, Institutes of Human Potential in uh, Philadelphia, and we met a lot of families uh, through the years that we did that program, and that happened to a lot of people. One would say, uh-uh, I'm out of here, and that would be the end of it. We just never, it made us closer, and it made our love, I think, even stronger. It was It was a pretty amazing time. It's pretty great to hear when uh, when one of your your TV icons turns out to be good people all the way around. And uh, it sounds like little buddy had a a big, big heart. How's your son doing now? He is doing great. He is uh, a grown man, (laughs) which 
which is still hard for me to believe, uh, but he still has full-time care. I don't, uh, I don't provide that personally. One person could not do it, but he has a little house across the road from me, and he lives there with his caregivers, and I go over, I cook for him and go over mm, probably three times a week and take him food and hang out, and he's doing, he's doing really well. You know, he lives in a world that's a little bit different than ours. He doesn't know anything about what's going on in the world right now, and he doesn't, uh, doesn't care. <laughs> you know, his life is his life. And, you know, you can look at it in some ways, and that's a blessing that he is just sort of unaware of everything. And he has wonderful caregivers that I couldn't love more, and they love him and look out for him. And so Colin and I are very, very blessed, and I know Bob would be – I know he's smiling because I've done – I promised him when he was passing that I would take care of Colin and make sure nothing, nothing happened to him. And so, so far – I've been able to fulfill that promise, and that's important to me. Dream of Denver is our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast. And uh, if you want to find out more about what Dream has been up to, there's a wonderful website, bobdenver.com, bobdenver.com. And you can find out more about Dreama and her work with the Denver Foundation, which is the nonprofit that she and, and Bob set up uh, when he was still alive, and it's still active today. And also you can find out more about Dreama's story, and her excellent memoir, Gilligan's Dreams, which I understand is due for a second edition later this year. You know, Dreama, I love you. We've known each other for many years. I could talk to you forever. We're going to run out of time, so we need to talk about this new book of yours, your first-ever children's book, Four Bears in a Box. And I love the story behind this this book. Um, and, and it's a, an idea, I guess, that, that Bob gave you many years ago, and you kind of fell away and forgot about. Do we have time for that story? Tell me. Because I think it's a really, I think it's a really, um, 20 years ago, um, again, our son loved uh, Dr. Seuss, and I read Dr. Seuss endlessly, believe me. And anybody who has an autistic child uh, in their life will understand they're often not affectionate. So I always looked forward to story time because Colin would cuddle up with me and, and we would sit, you know, on the sofa in a bed and and read the story, and he loved the rhyme, and he loved the action words, and it was a really close time for us. So one day, 20 years ago, Bob came to me and he said, you know, I think you should write a children's book. And I said, oh, you do, do you? And he said, yeah. He said, you've got the rhyme thing down. You've read Dr. Seuss thousands of times. You're a good writer. I think you should give it a try. And I said, well, always looking for a creative outlet. I said, well, I guess I, I could give it a try, but I'd have to come up with something that, you know, little ones would be drawn to, something they would like. And Bob said, I've already got the title. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, four bears in a bag. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I was like, okay, exactly what would four bears be doing in a bag? And as only Bob could, he grinned at me, spread his hands out, and went, that's what you got to figure out. And I was like, okay, challenge accepted. So I wrote the story. I wrote it in rhyme, a la Dr. Seuss. And, of course, life got in the way. Colin got older and a little more difficult to handle. And then Bob got sick. And we went through all that. The bears got put away. Didn't think about them uh, for, for a very, very long time. And this time last year, actually, it was, I was purging. I love to I get this urge to purge once in a while, so I go to 
drawers and closets and start cleaning things out. And I was in the midst of doing that, and I found a manila envelope and opened it up and looked in it, and there, there was uh, the typewritten pages for four bears in a bag. And I read it, and I thought, oh, this is really cute. I'm, after all these years, I still like it. So you know who I got in touch with, and I said, I've written a children's story, and I think you said to me, when? And I said, like 20 years ago. <laughs> you were like, what? And anyway, we went from there and uh, found a wonderful publisher in Headline Books, uh, an independent publisher here in West Virginia, and, and Kathy Teets uh, loved it and thought it had promise and potential, and since I can't do stick figures, we had this wonderful... Oh, gosh, such a beautiful artist, Ashley Belote, who came in and did the illustrations and brought the bears to life. And there was, it was so exciting to see that, to see it come to life. However, in the editing process, they said to me, um, nowadays children don't know what a brown paper bag is. And, of course, we don't want to encourage – Which is true. And we don't want to encourage kids to put bags over their heads or anything. So they said, would you be willing to change the title? And – Obviously, I was emotionally tied to that title because it was the one Bob had given me, and I think I asked to think about it overnight, and and so I did, and I literally could hear Bob's voice. I mean, I could just hear him going, honey, if they think the book is going to be better with the bears in a box, put them in a box. It's only two letters, A-G to O-X. <laughs> I thought, okay, honey, that's what I'll do. So we changed the title, which, of course, then required some rewrites because the box, honestly, it was, it was the most wonderful change because it changed so much about the story. Anybody who's sure. a parent or a grandparent knows that children would rather play in boxes than they would play with whatever came out of the box. So Every time, guaranteed. This, every time. So in this case, um, that was such a positive change for the book in general, because the box was a reward for, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. So that was good. They got got the reward, the big brown paper box or cardboard box in the garage, and that box became anything their imagination could come up with. It, in honor of our friend Homer Hickam, it became a rocket ship. Uh, it became a hot air balloon. It became a mountain they could climb in their imagination. It became all kinds of things. So I think in light of the world we're living in now, just technology and all that, that a book about a child's imagination and the important imagination is really appropriate. And I am just so, I don't even know how to explain what it feels like to be a children's book author. It is so, it fills my heart because I know how much that meant to me with my son. And to think that I'm giving grandparents and aunts and uncles and parents a story that they can curl up with their little child and enjoy reading aloud, it just, honestly, it just fills my heart to the brim. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. What a great story, too, though, finding it 20 years later, where you, I'm sure you probably barely <laughs> even remembered it after two decades, you know? I know. And I know Bob is, I know he's grinning and, and there's some little, and you know what they are because you've seen that, there's some couple of little surprises in the book that honestly made me cry when I saw them. I don't know, should I say what those surprises are, do you think? Oh, I think you should hmm. at least give one of them. Sure. Okay, well, when I found uh, the manila envelope and took the pages out, 
between the title page and the beginning of the story were um, pencil sketches that Bob had done he thought the bears should look like 20 years ago. And when I saw those sketches in the book, it literally made me cry. I think he would be, I just think he would be agog about the whole thing. I think he would be so happy that the bears came to life, that the story, you know, improved even more, that it's so timely. And, you know, Burke, the very beginning of the book is we have, we've nothing to do, said the three little bears, while, which is so true of kids right now. Um, they're sure. looking for something to do, and that's why we're going to, um, you know, we're going to be doing the, the live reading and book signing Facebook Live uh, this coming Friday. So I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope the parents will, you know, grab their phones or their devices and get the kids around it so that everybody can enjoy it. Dream of Denver is our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast, and you know, you are my buddy, and I wanted to have you on the podcast, but I really wanted to have you on to talk about this uh, this unique thing that you're doing with a, a book signing. And it is amazing that that the book is so suddenly relevant to what's happening in the world today with that, that first line of, you know, the, the kids have nothing to do. There are millions and millions of moms and dads everywhere who have no idea what to do with their kids. As a matter of fact, while we are recording this podcast, a live news alert came in uh, that all schools in Virginia, where I am, uh, will now remain closed through at least the end of this academic year. Um, so in the, the few minutes that we have remaining before we run out of time, you're going to do something different. You were originally scheduled to have this huge book release at the American Library or the Texas Library Association event in Houston this month. And, of course, that got canceled uh, with, with the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, so now you're doing a, a Facebook Live book signing, where if I understand this correctly, uh, people will be able to send you notes and you'll, you'll personalize the books and chat with them about Gilligan's Island or Dobie Gillis or whatever they want to talk about while you're doing that Facebook Live. What a great idea. <laughs> I think so. It's so funny to me that, that the initial launch of the book was supposed to be at this big convention in Houston. Then we sort of changed it to, we went to Plan B, which was the uh, Greenbrier here in West Virginia. We thought, okay, we'll a big keep resort it there, yep, yep, yep. Exactly, and then that got canceled. So it's gone from, you know, the big event in Houston to my living room. So Love that. It's it just me. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's, you know, there's a lot about it that's, that's way more personal. I do, I will do a Q&A, and if people have questions about Gilligan's Island or Debbie Gillis or, Life with Bob or Gilligan's Dreams, my memoir, or uh, Four Bears in a Box. I'll be there to answer them. And the uh, publisher is going to be sending me, and I'll be obviously at the top of um, the live, the Facebook Live, I'll be telling people exactly how to do it. But they're going to send me instructions. From what I understand, yeah, I know for sure you'll be able to go to headlinebooks.com during the live and order the book. And then the publisher We'll get in touch with you about personalization if you want it, you know, personalized to uh, a child in your life. And then they will get that to me and I will sign, uh, personalize all the books, certainly sign all the books that will be going out from the live, the Facebook live broadcast. So I think it's kind of exciting. You know, we're sort of pioneers here. Figuring out ways to do things. 
yeah, we are, you know, and it's kind of, it's an exciting time to be alive um, and kind of fun to see how we'll work this. And if it works really well, maybe we'll do more. You never know. So the Facebook Live, if you're interested in, in checking that out live, happens Friday, March 27th at what time, Dreama? At 1 o'clock Eastern Time. So that's Friday, March 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And Four Bears in a Box is available at headlinebooks.com. That's headlinebooks.com. Also online at, uh, at amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yes. All right, and very I just good. want to say, not because, not because it's my book, but it really is a wonderful read aloud book, book, folks. It really, really is. I give it two thumbs up, and if I had a third thumb, I would give it that one, too. It's a great book, Four Bears and a Box, it's a, it's the brand-new children's book from Dream of Denver, and it couldn't have come at a more opportune time with millions of kids looking for stuff to do. And you can get it signed by the wife of late TV icon Bob Denver, Dream of Denver. Visit her online at bobdenver.com, bobdenver.com. And again, the Facebook Live book signing. For the premiere of Four Bears in a Box is Friday, March 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Dream of Denver, I love you. Thank you so much for being on the inaugural week of the Big Time Talker Podcast. I'm so excited, and I I love any time I get to talk to you. And I want people to know that Four Bears in a Box is an award winner. It's a mom's choice, a reader's favorite, and a book excellence award winner. It is indeed, and so are you. Dream of Denver, our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast. Visit her at bobdenver.com. Stay safe. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening, everybody.